0: Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Merciless, Chapter 6. Kilraven was sitting in an uncomfortable chair in the emergency room waiting area with Winnie beside him. He looked up when Jocelyn walked in. His expression, usually unreadable, was as concerned as hers. Have you heard anything new? she asked, pushing, pausing to greet Winnie with a hug. They're taking him into surgery. They said they know more when they operate. He was shot in the back. In the back. Jocelyn's face plane. I hope they find Harold Monroe and hang him. I can't prove it, but I'm sure he's the one who did it. And I'll find the proof, no matter how long it takes me. I'll help. Jocelyn agreed harshly. Want some coffee? When he asked her husband, who nodded, I'll go get it. He said, starting to rise. She pushed him back down. I need to exercise. The doctor says it's good for me to move around. But thanks, sweetheart. She pin-kissed him. Would you like a cup of coffee, too, Jocelyn? She added. Yes, please. Jocelyn dug for a dollar bill and handed it to her. you're not buying me coffee. She said, I'm an employee of a federal agency and I won't be the subject of a bribery scandal. She had it with Mark here "Want to have it your way, Elliot Ness? Go waved from... He headed up the FBI in Chicago during racketeering day. He was incorruptible. The history professor, when he teased and kissed him again. I'm not up on American history, unless it has Scott's connections. His area of expertise was 17th century Scottish history. Was Elliot Ness a Scot? Jocelyn went aloud. I'll look into it, Kilraven promised. When he went to get coffee, Kilraven and Jocelyn sat rigidly, watching the doors open and close with medical personnel. Green scrubs went to and fro, occasionally flanked by white coated physicians with stethoscopes draped around their necks. Busy place, Kilraven ventured. Yes, turned over. Have you called your mother? She's on her way here, he said. I made her promise not to drive. She's wrapped two cars around telephone poles in the past five years. Oh, she drives like you, then, Jocelyn said with a pleasant smile. Later, I have never wrecked a car. Sorry, I forgot. They were blown out from under you. Major differences. She was nodding. Everybody gets mom threats. You, yours aren't threats? And how lucky they that you weren't in the cars at the time they exploded. Can I help you if I inspire passion in people? People in Black Ops do that, I'm told. She chuckled each. I'm trying to walk this straight and narrow. Especially now, he said. Was my, I'm doing the most boring job the company could find for me. Surveillance. <laughs> it's safer than what you used to do, she said. Did you send Rick at, Rook after me? <laughs> yes, I did, he said. I stopped trying to run him off. Monroe's deadly serious, as you might have noticed today. John told me that Monroe said you're next. You have a small child, and the two of you live in an apartment building with no security to speak of. Rook will protect you. Who's gonna protect him from me? She alone. That is a good question. They paused to stare at the door leading to the surgical wing. A surgeon in green scrubs came out of it, looking toward Killraven and motioned for him to join him. Jocelyn went to, ignoring the surgeon's obvious surprise. Under other circumstances, Killraven would have chuckled at her concern for the boss. She constantly drove nuts. Jocelyn could hear her own heart beating and hope Gilraven wouldn't notice. She was scared to death. If John Blackhawk died, it would be like the sun going out forever. She refused to even entertain the possibility, but she knew that he could die and might. script a purse like a lifeline hoping for Let him live, please. I'll go to church more. I'll give to charity more. I'll be better person. Be kinder. More tolerant. She goes, right can bargain with God. She told herself. <laughs> I'm cautiously optimistic. The surgeon said, glancing at Jocelyn when her The bullet missed the major organs and lodged in the wall of his chest, did some damage to a lung, and of course filled the pleural cavity with blood. We've removed the bullet and inserted a tube to drain the excess fluid and reflate the lung. The damage to his lung is minimal. Apparently he was shot from a distance and with a non-fragile bullet. Thank God. The damage will heal. It helps that he's young and in great physical shape. Can I see him? Killraven asked quietly. He hesitated, but he was a kindly man. These two people loved his patient. He wondered if the woman was a girlfriend. She was certainly concerned. In a few minutes, he told him. We'll move him into recovery temporarily, then he'll go to ICU for a day or two. Just as a precaution, he emphasized, when you notice these two listeners going pale. We want to make sure... Complications don't develop that might retard his progress. We'll keep him for three or four days after that again to make sure he's progressing as we think he should. But I think he'll be fine. He added gently. They'll come to get us when we can see him. Till Raven. ask Glencora Jocelyn if you were given that she'd go into. I'll send a nurse. You promise. He's an FBI agent, isn't he? Yes, Kilraven. One of the best. <laughs> we do a big business in gunshot wounds in our emergency room. The doctor said with a sigh. Sadly, there are more guns than trauma surgeons in this area. <laughs> One day that will change, Kilraven said. The doctor only smiled. Not in my life, so I'm afraid I'll get back to work. They just brought in a child seven, picked him up a drive-by shooting, he said. In my day, drugs were only whispered about. There was no wide-scale production, no gangs with guns, no found. It was a lot less tolerant world, by far less violent. They did this experiment, and I read about it. They put rats in a confined area until they were so crowded that they could barely move. They became aggressive and became attacking the others and even cannibalizing them. Doctor, We are too many with too few resources and too little space and cities on this planet. Nature has a way of thinning the population without any help from us. Glanced at the However, I must add that I prefer nature's approach. Guns and knives are messy. I agree, Kilroy said. I've seen my share of the results. Nobody added that he helped a few criminals in the emergency rooms. The surgeon smiled, reassuring, and went back to work. Jocelyn was trying to avoid letting Killer see her tears. Hey, now, he said in a teaser. Don't do that. Never let them see you cry. She's left with a hiccup and a rush her eyes. He's an awful boss, she muttered. Keeps me working late, throws things, insults me. John insults you? He asked shocked. He asks me to make coffee, she scoffed, then brush away and I'll do underdue. Imagine that! He's just tired of threatening lawsuits from visiting attorneys who have to drink the coffee the agents make, Kill Raymond explained. Then they should stop letting Murdoch make coffee, she pointed out. That's been suggested, he replied. At the same time they mentioned dirt and shovels. <laughs> There's a large potted plant in our office that could, ju- could use a jolt of fertilizer, she mused. However, agent Murdoch is far too large to plant in it. <laughs> well he could. He began to enthusiastically. She held a pen and cloud. Please, this is a hospital <laughs> just a thought. He said, Bring my own coffee now when I visit John at his office, though. At the sound of her boss's name, she laughed. I'm glad he will be alright, Jocelyn. I guess I should get going. <laughs> you can see him first. She was uncertain. You know when he should go in? When he will say that you should go. He said with a gentle you know, smile. Thanks. Hey, she remembered huskily. <laughs> I wouldn't look up. Go up, and didn't say what he was thinking. Jocelyn and John had been antagonistic toward each other. Other for a long time, but there was one night when they'd actually gone to a party together about four years ago. The rare been providing protection for a young woman who was dating a foreign dictator's son and avoided a kidnapping. She insisted that John, the agent in charge of the case, come to her birthday party and bring a date. So John had made Jocelyn go with him he hated parties he hated socializing so did jocelyn but she went funny jocelyn had acted oddly afterward and tried to quit a job john had talked her in disdain he hadn't said much about the incident just that he had way too much to drink and jocelyn had been forced to drive him to the hospital it turned out that someone had spiked john's drink with a hallucinated drug trying to be funny the culprit a foreign dictator's son had fled the country shortly thereafter and never returned He hadn't thought about that for a long time. His brother never drank as a rule. He was very straight-laced. Today, it had hurt terrible to see John lying on a gurney with blood seeping from the wound on his back. He loved his brother. Cammy was going to go ballistic. She lived in fear of this all during John's career in law enforcement. She kept rosaries everywhere, even in the glove department of her car, and she prayed constantly for her safety. At least she wasn't driving herself to the hospital, or there would... There might be two tragedies. Kilraven would have gone to get her, but he'd been afraid to leave John, as if, as if by his own physical presence she could keep John alive. The nurse beckoned to them a nerve racking few minutes later, neither Kilraven nor Jocelyn really believed that John wasn't going to die. They had to see him for themselves, to be sure. He was in a hospital gown, but his chest was bare. He was white as a sheet. There was dried blood on his firm, chiseled mouth. He was laboring to breathe. Even with the tomb that ran out of his chest to drain off the fluid, there was a drip. Dream- drip feeding from a tube on a pole into his arm. There were oxygen tubes in his nostrils and he was hooked up to half a dozen monitors. His long jet black hair was tangled on the pillow, his eyes were closed. Beside the deep of the beep of the monitors and the electronic sounds there was only the sound jerk of Justin's breath, almost a sob. Shake smothered. He'd hate having his hair tangled, she said quietly. <laughs> Yes, he glanced at her, knowing that she didn't have much more color in her face than John did in his. She's going to put her purse as if she feared it might escape. He's one tough customer, Kilraven told her comfortably, and I do know something about gunshot wounds. I'm sure he's in a lot of pain, and it will take time for him to cover, but he's going to live, Jocelyn. She's wild, her fear it not. its so, a... yes? Tomorrow, he'll be telling the nurses how to do the drip and threaten the doctor to try to get out of the hospital she nodded again so painful to see him like that he was such a strong vital man Kilraven was watching her covertly surprised him to see her at loss for words to see her so frightened perhaps she was thinking about the shadowy man in her life who went missing overseas marky's father marky he felt a sudden sinking worry Gonna step out for just a second. He told her moved out of the ICU unit to make a quick phone call. Jocelyn barely noticed her hand went out the to smooth a sick, long, tangled black hair on the pillow. She recalled another time when she touched it, felt its cold silkiness clung to it as feeling rose so high that she thought she might die of them. Didn't remember. It was a good thing she didn't want him to remember. Don't touch my son. She froze, shaking her hand back. His cammy black hole came in the room. She glared at the younger woman as if she, mo- as she moved to the bed or back to Jocelyn. John, she whispered. My poor... Poor boy. She bent to kiss his forehead and fought tears. She would back his hair and stared at him for a long moment. Then she turned to Jocelyn, with cold dignity and hostility. You have no right to be in here, she snapped. Jocelyn didn't argue. She looked one last time at John before she turned and left the kid, Where are you going? Kilraven asked, surprised to meet her in the hall. I'm leaving. Lee Jocelyn said very pale, book, but life goes on. Your mother's in there. She had a seven. Oh, God. <laughs> Now the real torment begins. She'll stand the staff on ears and they'll threaten to hang her from a window by the sheet. She laughed suddenly. Don't let her worry you, to said another. She's not what she seems, honest. Jocelyn didn't reply. I hope he does. Well, he will. I'll call you myself if there's any change. You know? Thanks, Gilraven. Raven. So, Jocelyn, I've had rooks take out your son's preschool. What? Six, we ain't boy. Monroe made threats, he muttered we can't prove it so we can't have him arrested he's being watched that's all i can say but your son may be on the firing line he has to have protection so do you he's horrified to think that Marky might end up in a hospital victim of some surely not he's just a child so was Melly. He killed raven reminded her with a grim expression speaking of his daughter who had been killed she was barely three when this is what Sorry, she told her, I'm truly sorry. Sorry doesn't bring her back, and it won't protect your son either. You added. to will, so tolerate him. She grimaced. You don't have to like him. I know he's a pain, but he's the best private security I know. All right, He said. So you never bring your son to work. You don't have a photo of him on your desk, but you obviously love him very much. Don't speculate. He bit off. he was just staring at her, not even really not speculating i keep my work life and my home life separate she said simply i'm somewhat defensive about my status she added in a further run so you don't draw attention to it yes she said quickly anxious for an answer that would shut him up. i get it he didn't press her but he was getting some very interesting vibrations running on underneath that casual conversation don't worry about your boss he added gently he's in great hands she looked toward the glass cubicle where Cammy Blackhawk was still smothering her son's hair and talking to him I noticed I met the doctor he <laughs> Oh <laughs> You don't know about Cammy's past and I won't tell you it's to you he said surprisingly. But there's a reason she's the way she is, try not to take her attitude too seriously. She loves her son. There's nothing wrong with that. She does, but she's micromanaging his life or she's trying to. She wants the best for him. She pursed her lips and her blue eyes twinkled suddenly. She wants him to have the best fashion advice money can buy. He'd do a lot better with a woman who could play video games with him. Don't look at me, Jocelyn said firmly. I have one man in my life. I don't need another. Your son's father was missing in action. He said. Yes. I still have connections in active military circles. He said, watching with uncanny closeness. I could have them do some checking. She dropped her purse. She been picking up sorry. It's been an unsettling day, she said. I'm clumsy. No thanks. It's already been checked out. He disappeared in those mountains where they f- think the remnants of Al Qaeda were hiding in a secret base. They were certain that he was killed. They just weren't they were just reluctant to tell me. <laughs> she hadn't looked up once. I see. He said she was hoping for an interruption when Winnie Sinclair came up with two cups of coffee. She and Wonder Husband. You'd have a long day. You should go. Yes, Jocelyn said so grateful. You'll call me if there's any change. She added warmly. Of course we will, Winnie said. The Assistant D.A. asked about you, Kilmer she said. She's still hoping you might jump ship and go to work for her. He had a teasing. There might be a real possibility of that, Jocelyn said on her seat. They're talking about cutting staff in my office. Betty has to so if one of us gets cut, it will be me. She shook her. This has been a bummer of a day. Kill Raven, friend. They'll never let you go. She smiled, son. They'll let anybody go if they have to. I don't have illusions about being the best administrator on Earth, she said. Now, I have to worry about that. And my boss, and my son. <laughs> Not about Marky. Kill Raven assured her. Rick will make sure no harm. Rick will make sure no harm comes to him or to you. Jocelyn, drowned her teeth again. Okay. And John will be all right. He added, "She bit her lip. He had blood on his mouth." Jocelyn, he was shot alone, lung. He reminded her. He would have been spitting on blood when they found him. Thank God he was inside of a main street when it happened. Yes, she whispered, hurting as she considered how frightening and how painful it would have been to have experienced what her boss had to be shot in the back now go home to your son winnie said so gently he will keep you from brooding too much chief brooder is in there she indicated the cubicle where Cammy was still sitting with john he does it much better than i do he'll be fine just keep the office together until he recovers kilraven told her she's mild that was optimistic she had to be optimistic too okay do you know any really good defense attorneys by the way kilraven like, not really but i can ask around why do you need one I don't yet. As long as Rick stays out of sight. Kill Raven <laughs> He is a piece of work, isn't he? Save, saved your butt, my darling. When he reminded him with a hug. He turned and kissed her hair. Yes, but he was being obnoxious. It's what he does best. It will keep Marky safe. Kill Raven Chuggles. He's good at what he does. "'Which would be what, exactly, when he isn't returning favors for you, Jocelyn?' "'That scarcely never you mind,' he said firmly. "'Let's need to know, and you don't spoil sport!' She smiled at both of them and sent one last word, toward where John Blackhall lay, so quiet and still before she left the window. "'Something's fishy. "'Kill <laughs> right remembered.' "'About what?' "'The one he asked.' "'He didn't tell her. "'He had suspicions all wrapped up in a mystery and Jocelyn's resistance. "'But he was gonna do some digging when he had time.' When he and Winnie went back to the IC to join Cammy. How's she gone, that awful girl? Cammy asked. Her. She's she's his right arm at work, Tilbury reminded her, her firmly. She stood by him when half a dozen other women would have run screaming out the door. I don't like her. She's not a moral person. What if she intended, what if she ended the pregnancy? Would that make her any more moral in your eyes, Cammy? Tell her I was calling. What if it had been you? Pregnant with John. Cammy swallowed hard and averted her eyes. Her jaw it. He was provoking nightmares, and she couldn't even tell him. She couldn't tell anyone. She smoothed John's hair. He looked so pale. His system has been through a shock. He'll remind her. Been there. Done that. Yes, I know, my dear. She said gently and hugged him. I'm sorry. I'm being terrible. I was so worried. Tears stung her eyes. He him. John's going to be fine. Yes, he sighed. thought the murderers were nearly wrapped up. But there's a new trail emerging. I just found out that the guy we think did this, indicated John, has a brother-in-law who may also have been involved in Mellie's death. What? Can of really horrified. That's not all. Now he's after Jocelyn's little boy. He wasn't certain of that, but it was a good guess. Cammy was conflicted. She didn't like the Jocelyn person, but she loved children. Anybody showed, That's too bad. It is. She doesn't have a living boyfriend or somebody who could protect her. Jocelyn lives alone, but I sent Rook to watch the boy. Rook I swore eyes. Well, on the other hand, he is a bachelor and an of age to marry. She was thoughtful. Jocelyn married Rook. She'd moved to South Africa, far from John. She's smiled. Perhaps they might like each other. Kilraven didn't reply. He could see wheels turning in Cammy's head and suddenly he felt sorry for Rook. Jocelyn dropped her things off at her apartment. She was going to be late getting Marky, but she'd phoned in the owner, especially under the circumstances, told her to take care of time, that she'd be glad to wait. She heard about John shooting on the news. She was very sorry. Not nearly as sorry as Jocelyn, who was sick and worried out of her mind. If he died, how would she live with the secret she kept? It gnawed at her like a dog with a bone. She was so upset that her hand shook as She locked the door and went out to get into her car. She thought she saw a shadow move, but she was certain it was her imagination. She was so much on edge, she was seeing things. She tried to put John's condition in the back of her mind. She didn't want to upset Marquis. She thanked the owner profusely when she picked up Marky at the daycare center. He had a new show. This is my teacher, he said, showing her sketchy dumb, which was crude but recognizable. This is a dog that came to the playground. A man came in a truck and took him away, he added. Will they kill him? No, they'll just find his owner, that's all. She smiled and hoped that was true. I wish we could have a dog, he said. She fastened him into the back seat and got him behind a steering wheel. Of all the things about modern life that she disliked... This was her pet peeve: a child should sit beside his its parent, not isolated in the back seat. Yes, airbags saved lives, and they were dangerous and could kill a small child. But when she had been small, Jocelyn had ridden in the front seat of her father's pickup truck, strapped in like a miniature adult, happy and laughing. Someone should figure out a child seat that could withstand the airbags going off and allow kids to be closer to the parents. She sighed as she pulled into traffic. Her boss was gonna be alright. He was gonna be alright. She had to believe that to save her own sanity. Margie would be right too. Rook would watch out for him. She didn't have to like Rook to know that he was good at his job, whatever it was, when he wasn't doing favors for Kilraven. She started looking around to see if she could recognize the one-eyed lunatic in any passing cars. Mommy, are you looking for somebody Marky asked casually seems I'm just checking traffic, that's all. Isn't your boss named mister Blackhawk? Somebody said he was shot. Is he dead? No, he just wounded and in the hospital. He's not dead, she said it once. I'm glad. We played video games with him that night. I like him, she smiled sadly. I like him, too. Could we go and see him? He asked Jocelyn, surprised his statement. There's an age limit, Marky, she fondered. Well, there used to be. She wasn't sure of modern hospital policy. It had been several years since she herself had been in one when she had Marky. You mean I can't see him? Yes, that's what I mean. His mother was with him. Oh, that's okay, then. Jocelyn had other thoughts about that. If you didn't hear them. How about an ice cream cone chest? Wow, could we? Yes, it was the little thing she considered that made life bearable. Even the hard times were smoothed over by something simple and comforting. She stopped at an ice cream parlor and ordered two cones, strawberry for herself, and butter pecan for Markie. handed his to him with a smile. He it and laughed up at her with sparkling eyes. He was going to be handsome when he was older. She thought, Thank God every day that he looked more like her than his father. When they got home, just after dark, the front door was standing open. Stay here, Jocelyn told Margie firmly. What is it, mommy? She didn't answer. She went to the point where she could see the front door. Nothing was visible inside. She knew better than to walk into the apartment. Someone had broken in. Someone who might still be in there, might be armed, might want to kill Jocelyn and Markland just because of their closeness to John Blackhawk. Well, came a deeply accented voice inside of her. It's a good thing you didn't come home sooner and Rook appeared in the doorway, big and handsome and smiling. End of chapter six.